Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everybody, welcome to the RC Roundtable, where this is our 100th episode. Yeah. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> the peasants rejoiced. Uh, we made it to 100, so now we can quit, right? We made it to 100. Yeah, that's is an that unofficial it? count, right? We've had it's, some. It's uh, beyond hundred, but so we say ish. But it it is the written one hundredth episode. This okay. Yes, a hundredth ish episode. Yeah. Hundred full episode. Maybe that's it. <laughs> hundred something. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like when you tell your wife how many airplanes you have. Like a eh, hundred ish. Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you tell your wife that. Well, I'm lucky she doesn't care. But in case this is your first episode, I am Fitzwalker, and joining me is Lee Ray. Hello. And Terry Dunn. Howdy. And we are the three amigos. <laughs> we are your normal hosts for the RC Roundtable on your 100th episode. And we are. <laughs> How many times will we say 100 episode? Have we mentioned <laughs> this, this is the 100th episode? episode? <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We really made it. And all thanks to you. Because you are the hero. I'm celebrating with a nice glass of Blanton Kentucky Fine Whiskey. Oh, man. Somebody's really celebrating. This is my uh, little Christmas present to myself. So cheers, everybody. I'm celebrating our 100th episode. Yay. I'm, cel- I'm celebrating with a bottle of water that's been infused with one of those coloring agents. Oh, I win. <laughs> <The> flavor <laughs> packet things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, oh. so I'll share what I'm drinking because I'm very <laughs> excited about it. Ooh. So I've been in New York for two and a half years now, and there's, other than the people and all that blah, blah, blah stuff, there's several things I miss about living in Texas, and they're food-related. One is Whataburger, yeah. two is Bluebell ice cream, yeah. and three is Scheinerbach beer. Yeah. So imagine my surprise when I was walking through my local grocery store two days ago, and there in the beer section was a 12-pack of Shinerbach. Really? All right. Order by accident? I couldn't just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> All alone. In the dark. <laughs> in the lonely. In the cold. <laughs> is it, is it, has it had friends uh, leave it so far, or is this the first one? No, no. This is my first. And I'm savoring every drop. Uh, did your accent change after you took a couple of drinks? I don't know what you're talking about, boy. <laughs> Get on with the show. All right. Well, Get on I- now. Get <laughs> that's the terry we know and yeah, love there you go <laughs> bubba terry <laughs> well see here on rc roundtable we party hard <laughs> with accents yeah all right speaking of partying hard we actually have no new products this week we look hard, fast for about five minutes. We're taking the taking the new products section out for this episode just to continue celebrating our hundredth ish episode. Yes. See, it's a reset. After a hundred, we reset everything and we start from scratch with, with nothing. So we go back to our original microphones. Oh dear! Oh God! God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go back that old school. Yes. Okay. Whatever you do, do not listen to our first couple of episodes. The tin can on a string. Yeah. Oh, that's the fancy part. Right. Uh, well, hey, guys, how was your week, at least? That's, uh, anything interesting happen? Lee, you go first. Well, I. it seems like all the cool stuff happened today. <laughs> that's okay. T- today, I uh, braved the driving skills of my learner permit son <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of cool because i can say this today was his first day to do a round trip by himself to the hobby shop and back and by himself what, you were as, in the passenger seat well, well meaning i didn't have to take over <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to jump over no or, or drive a certain leg no he yeah. drove all the way from our house to randy's hobbies i picked up my brand new e-flight twin otter that was Yay. on order for so so long so oh, please. <laughs> i've already ripped the package open thrown the wing on put the tail in i haven't screwed anything down yet but just to look at its size and and then admire all the parts i'm going to cut off <laughs> to, <laughs> to make happen what i want to make happen on this right. hand-tossed twin otter so 
Uh, you just I'm got it. You're already talking about neutering it, huh? I will probably put the landing gear on and fly it stock, but then I'm going to change the props, remove the gear, trim off this mold of the little strut supports, and and have myself a little skid and go twin otter. Okay. Not afraid to break convention, are you? Not at all. Not in this one. I, I think it'll be fun. I, it's it's I haven't measured it yet or can put the multiplex twin star side by side to it. It's definitely smaller. The cord is very shorter than the twin star. And so it is it's it's flying on a two by four. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, what it, okay. that's what it that's what it looks like. And no, it it's really neat. I'm gonna fly it and have fun, and then go right at it. I'm I'm not gonna fall in love with the floats and the landing gear. I'm gonna start stripping it and have fun. I did see on RC Round Groups one guy has at on least what a, what website was that? <laughs> RC Groups. What did I say? Am RC I, Round Groups. Did I say Round Groups? <laughs> you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Boy, that's awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say, am I not? Am I what not drinking Freud enough? Say? Am I not drinking enough? <laughs> Maybe we should call it RC Round Round Group. Uh, some guy did a really good job uh, covering all the paint up. I mean, I don't know if he removed it or if he just put a, a nice white base coat, but it was nice and smooth. And he had Cali Graphics put some decals on it. Another Canadian aircraft fits. Yes, it is. Do you have one? I guess. I guess the no. I meant the stickers he put on. He oh, did oh, a Canadian oh. theme livery on it. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll flight as and I'll strip mine, maybe do some red stuff, and I'll post updates when they come. We probably talked about it before when this was a new product, but do the props clear when it slide down the belly? It should. I'm looking at it. It looks like they're fine. Okay. I'm going to put short props high pitch <laughs> Just in their place. <laughs> Bungie launch it. All right. You might have been better off just buying a couple parts from horizon instead of the whole kit no no i'll fly it once and who knows i'll do i'll do something with it i'm i'm a happy camper as long as i can get it in the air and fly it once safely i'll be good to go but i don't know not to it i i'll say nothing happened this week but i've ordered something last week that hopefully should be on my doorstep next week would you like to know i don't care so much but i'm guessing maybe a listener wants to know well, well, if Fitz doesn't want to know, I'll move on. <laughs> Fitz, do you want to know? I don't know. Oh, great. Mm. Well, if All right, in, if you insist. If you tuned in last episode, folks, you'll know that we talked about a new product called the Mambo by Number Old five. School Model Works. Yes, and Fitz was clever to put the song in there. <laughs> well, I pulled the trigger and bought it. All right. So it is on its way on UPS, I believe, to my doorstep. And while I was at the hobby shop today, I picked up some more super glue, some Mm -hmm. fresh bottles of super glue, so I can finish this bad boy. And my thought right now is to do transparent monocoat on the trailing or from the spar back on the wing, just to show off that that ribbing. Yeah. Ribbed for your pleasure. Yes. So, (laughs) Do you have any transparent covering? In your I don't, but I'm sure I'll get my hands on some, and <laughs> I'll probably. I'm sure I've got red, <laughs> lots of red monocoat, and I'll put the transparent behind it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll play with it. I've so never, like I've, transparent, transparent, or like a colored, like a translucent. No, no, like a, transparent, transparent, clear, transparent. Okay, because they have like clear red and clear green, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've had that. No, this was actually. I want to do clear. I want. I think it'll look cool. Uh-huh. Hmm. Are you going to stain the ribs or anything, or just keep it wood color? No, just keep it. Just keep it. Okay. Hmm. Do you see? Do you see that very often? Which the the clear, stock or the color? Co- no, clear covering with just the the laser cut ribs showing. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure I have. Yeah, I well, can't say that I have very often. You know, the planes tend to disappear after too clear. And we also talked about the canopy, so I'm trying to come up with a funny, you know, caricature type pilot to put. <laughs> on top of the wing so because mm, yeah. i told y'all i'd do a windscreen so i'll work on that as well so right. anyway i look forward to, to doing that <laughs> we we one of the jokes was you know i was going to see if i could rip off the parts out of austin's apprentice to do right. this one however i went through some bags that i've been storing in several rc uh, 
extra parts bins. And I actually found a bag. It may have come from a T28 Trojan. So okay. I might throw that in there. Yeah, I think the KV on those motors are a little bit different, like 950 compared to 1050 or like 850 to 950, something like that. Yeah, but that should though. be close enough. Yeah. Interesting. We'll give it a we'll give it a shot. Yeah. So there you go. Those are the planes or the projects that I will have soon. So I was thinking, it's funny you mentioned bungee launching. Do you guys ever do much with bungee launching? Because I remember back in the good old bad old days of having to bungee launch some of my electric planes. Wait, well. How did we get into bungee launching? He mentioned it. I mentioned it on the Otter. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're making fun of my drinking and slurring RC groups, and Fitz is a whole you know ten minutes behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody couldn't stop talking, so I just let you. Oh, <laughs> didn't want to be rude. All right. Well, uh, you asked bungee launching. I have done high starts uh, a lot as a child because that my dad would say, "Go get that parachute." Uh, <laughs> so, well, as far as gliders. launching gliders, no, I'm talking never, powered planes. No, I don't think I've ever done a launch pad for like you know EDF jets and stuff. Uh, oh, you you had that Evader for a while, never, and it came with a bungee, but you never used it, right? You just did never a used underhand. It. Okay. Yeah, never used I it. used it a few times when I flew that plane. <laughs> and, and as ugly as one hand toss was, I just want to say, for the record, I got that evader off the ground and, you know, on a hand toss every time. It yeah. was the landing that did me in. <laughs> <laughs> I like to watch you launch that thing because you weren't like, okay, prepping yourself up for a Hail Mary pass or anything. You would just kind of walk up and just chuck it underhand and it would arc up and then come over and you're like, oh, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And then every time, there he goes. So, so were all you guys behind me just like laying down bets? <laughs> Here goes Lee. Five <laughs> yeah, bucks like, as he dorks it. No way can well, I learned it. never to bet against you. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, now we have to go backtrack again. Fitz, what are you talking about bungee launching? What do you want to discuss bungee launching? Uh, no, I just thought, I just was curious if you guys had much experience with bungee launching powered planes. I, I did a little bit back in the Speed 400 days. Mm. I had uh, one of those Diamond ME163 Comets, yeah. which was a direct drive Speed 400 with 8-cell NICAD. And it worked out to be a pretty high wing loading. And so I built a bungee launch for that. And it was exciting. Is it, I guess like a catapult launch on your carrier or something. Once you let go, it might fly, but it's going so, or it might fly or it might not, but it's going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny, and it's funny that Fitz brought that up because you know, just because all of a sudden I remember just watching this great video where this guy had this wing or something. He launched it, sucker just rolled as soon as it came off, and then just dragged upside down <laughs> the, the entire bungee. So yeah, yeah I'm sure, there's a, a knack to it. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, I, had a, I had a couple planes. I think they have a couple planes. I know I had one, uh, a little, you remember the, uh, maybe a bunch of launches there. I had the EDF called the Piranha. We were radaring oh, yeah. uh -huh. Lee at one point. Yeah, at at uh, Northwest, Cy Northwest Houston. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, I had a bunch of launches. I think I tried hand launching it once and it didn't work like Lee's did. So I was pretty much limited to bungee launching that thing. And just so you know, I think you and I tied at what, 120 or 112? 113, something like that. Yeah. Okay. 113 miles an hour. That's fast. I mean, I was fast. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure kids can fly stuff faster, but at my age, I was like, I'm enough. I'm done. The neatest one was a, a friend of mine. He had the uh, glow ducted fan Kyosho F86. I think it had like a, mm. was it, had like a 15 size engine? I think engine it had on 15s, it? yeah. Yeah. And that thing was kind of a pig. Um, so what we did is we took the landing gear off to lighten it up, put a hook on it, and we ended up bungee launching it. And would, when we did that, it actually flew okay. And, hmm. But it was funny because you've got a, you know, it's a glow, so you got to rev it up. We're holding it. People are looking at us with quizzical looks on their face. They're like, what the hell are these guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so we bungee launched it with a high start, and uh, it worked. And we did it a bunch of times, and then people would laugh at it and stuff, but he, he wouldn't get around and fly. Uh, cool. It's probably a collector's item now. What if he still has it? I have to ask him. Hmm. Now, did you bungee launch your old F eighteen? Yes, that's right. I had a, okay. I guess what became an HET F eighteen. These are all wood. Um, they were based on a design by a guy up in the Midwest. I forgot his name. Kevin Cox. Yes, that's it. Kevin Cox. That's his design. I guess he licensed it or whatever to HET. And uh, <laughs> nice, nice plane. It was pretty simple construction, kind of boxy, but. It flew pretty good. And those I also bungee launched. 
That's right. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So and I think if I remember that was one where you had a NICAD battery in it, but it stayed in permanently. You didn't swap it out. No, I took it out. Oh, okay. No, that, that yeah. one, it started with NICAD, but I eventually went to lithium polymers mm-hmm. that actually had some of the early lithium polymers. The, um, I don't think, was it the Cocams? I had to make a pack. I made a, a 3S2P 10P. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's some people, listeners, who may not know what 10P is, but that's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) I had to hand make the pack. I had individual cells, and I wired them up myself, and it flew like that for quite a while. Uh, That was the early days. We're talking early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, See what you folks are missing? All this plug and play (laughs) stuff. And we were happy to have it. Yeah. We we liked it uphill both ways, and we were happy. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we got that far up, but I just thought it was funny when you said bungee launch. It's something I haven't heard in a while. So, Do you still have that model? Which one? The F-18. No, I sold it some time ago. I just never flew it. But I still have the other one, the Piranha, the high-speed okay. one. I need to paint it. And... All right. Who's next? I'll do it. Okay. And only because I think I'm going to get to make Lee jealous. So, Lee, you are expecting a mambo in the mail? Is that what you said? I am. I got a mambo in the mail just today, a few hours ago. You already got your (laughs) own. Yeah, so it's it's funny how the world works, but uh, a few days after we talked about it on the last show, I was offered to do the review of the mambo. So, Uh I'll be doing that. I'll and, uh, give a sub sub review. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so now I'm kind of casually looking for a, an apprentice donor plane. I was looking over the Facebook uh, classifieds today and the only ones I saw were new in box or very close to it. And they were still asking pretty good money. I need a really beat up apprentice that somebody's kind of tired of. So if you guys know a source of one, let me know. I'll, you can always try to RC Roundtable group. <laughs> and nobody goes to that site obviously wrong groups right yeah like well you can always post a uh, wanted in there yeah i, I might do that yeah so, but hard. i wanted to check locally first so i could you know, avoid shipping that's true yeah i posted on our on our facebook page too for giggles you might never know hmm, maybe yeah. but uh if any of you out there listening know of one that uh yeah, is Scrunched up in a corner, yeah. waiting for liberation. Let me know. I'm in the market. Uh, no, great. What's Anything that? else? Well, I don't know if I talked about this, but have I told you guys? Well, I posted videos, so you know. But did I talk about flying the Kyosho Ballad? We saw the video, but tell us more. I'll give you the, the Cliff's notes on it. I finished the old Kyosho Ballad that we were talking about, and... It was meant to be because all the new equipment just dropped in. And I talked about this before. The 2204 brushless motor bolted to the front of the old um, LP29 motor mount, fit perfectly, and the spacing was there. And I was able to drill out one of the stock props and thread it. So basically the prop threads directly onto the front of the motor with no nut or anything. And I was able to do the same thing with the stock spinner. So it all just threads on there and the cowling fit perfectly. So I'm running a 2204 motor with the stock six inch propeller, a three cell 850 milliamp hour LiPo, which that part sits where the motor used to go in the motor mount. And I replaced the servos with some HS 55s and um, actually an old spectrum 6100 receiver. One of the first generation uh, DSMX receivers, or I guess that's just DSM. Anyway, uh, what was interesting to me is I weighed all the components that it originally had. The servos, the air quotes, micro receiver, the brushed motor, and that uh, crazy on-off speed control BEC thing. Hmm. And it looks like my version is 6.5 ounces lighter than stock. Wow. And oh, heck that's yeah. significant because my flying weight is right at 15 ounces now. So... I'm sure it would have flown fine at 21 ounces or you know, going on 22, but that's a significant difference. So I, I um, put the Dubrow Park Flyer skis on it and took it out to my local schoolyard when we had a nice blanket of uh, snow on the ground, and it flew beautifully. 
it lifted off easy and flew around nicely. Yeah, I saw the video. You probably have more yeah. power, too, with that power setup. I, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it has tons more power. In that video, I never, even for the takeoff, I never get above half throttle. The only time yeah. I did was when I did a loop, and it wasn't necessary then. So the power loading is about 150 watts per pound. <laughs> so I've got the power system pulls 140 watts, yeah. which is still within spec on all this new stuff. And like I said, it's 15 ounces. So that works out to, yeah, which at one time we considered that 3D capable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And this is a three channel airplane. So it's just rudder, elevator, throttle, no ailerons. Oh, really? And it doesn't okay. need it. The only thing I'm going to do is, uh, I'm probably going to change out the tail surfaces, modeling the shape of the old ones, but I need more control throw, at least on the rudder. It was a little bit sedate there. Uh, so uh, you, you need to do the credit card mod we used to do on the Multiplex Easy Star. Oh, where you just add the extra surface area? <laughs> People just taped a credit card. <laughs> yeah, I thought I mean, about doing ever... that with some clear plastic, and I still cheesy. might. That's why I'm not destroying the stock units to do that. My only hesitation is that I had to add half an ounce of dead weight to the cowling to make it balance. And if I start throwing plastic back on the tail, uh, you know, I'll have to add probably some more weight to the front. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be a credit card, but I just but, if you've yeah. ever seen the rudder on a on an Easy Star, the original, yeah, it's just super tiny. Uh, yeah, it's not much. So uh, anyway, it was uh, it all worked out well. I'm happy with it. And um, I don't know what else to say. I'm happy to, or I'm excited to get to the duet now. That's next on the table. And the Mambo. Mm. Yeah, it's a neat looking plane. It's got a very, it's got a character to it. Am I wrong? It's a, it's a Spitfire. It does look a lot like a Spitfire wing. It's, yeah, it is kind of interesting. Squint a little bit. A Spitfire they have parasol the same shadow. Wing. Yeah. yeah. Elliptical. Hmm. So I think that's all for my week. That leaves you, Fitz. Uh, what have I had? Darn it, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Plastic models don't count, so don't even come with that. Oh, man. Had a good time, and uh, I went to a plastic model show, too. Unless you throw it and it flies. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <is laughs> <can't> talk about <laughs> well, it could be falling with style. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, actually, I did get a mo- another model to build. Hmm? I have another model on the workbench. Nice. And it is called <laughs> an airplane. And it is <sighs> Is it new or old? As? <laughs> no, brand new out of the box. I just started working on it this week. It's the We uh, can play 20 questions. <laughs> it's the Hangar 9 Hellcat. Oh, is that the 20cc? Uh, is it 20 or 15? Or... I think it's 15cc. Oh. Okay. Cool. Uh, so I just start working on that. It's, uh, it seems very nice. Um, it'll be electric. It won't be glow or gas or anything like that. So 6L setup. Mm-hmm. So is this a personal project or a review? This will be a review. It'll be on my, uh, uh, YouTube page. Oh, okay, cool. Let's talk about, let's talk about the plastic model event that you went to at Lone Star Flight Museum. Plastic model. Actually, I went to the plastic model event and I, um, I met an old acquaintance there, and he actually had a really nice RC helicopter that he was on display. It was um, an Augusta 119. Uh, okay. This is a guy I've known for years, on and off. I've met a few times, and he likes to build scale helicopters. And he does a really neat job because he will build the, a scale helicopter, uh, rear controlled, and but he'll add panels and he'll add avionics boxes and stuff. And so he had just panels that opened up, and you can see. Um, Parts of the electronic boxes, LRUs, uh, kinds of stuff like that. So he does a really neat job. LRU. Line replaceable units. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, uh, boxes, the electronic boxes that you find in aircraft mm-hmm. that do different things. Uh, so it was. Uh, so it wasn't just plastic models. It was some RC stuff. Though so I did win a uh, special acknowledgement award. What do you call it? The special accommodation. For one of the models I brought. Random drawing. Random, no, no, no. Consolation prize. Yeah. I, I, honorable participation mention. Participation That's award. it. Maybe it was like honorable mention. Uh, well, I got a little, little uh, what do you call it, medallion or trophy for it. So mm. uh, so it's better than kicking a pants. Yeah, sure. 
so that's some nice stuff. It's uh, some inspiration. Some stuff that probably makes some really nice RC models. So it wasn't a total waste. Anything so what model did you campaign there? I brought in a little Star Wars spaceship. Oh, okay. You probably saw it on my, uh, is that Instagram? I show pictures of me building it. It's the blockade runner from the first Star Wars movie. That sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't, didn't build it for competition. I just built it for fun, but at the last minute decided to take it with me since I was going there anyways. And I ended up, you know, winning something for it. So that's pretty right, neat. cool. Yeah. Are there many Star Wars or science fiction type things at those events? Oh, yeah. They have a whole class for them. They had several okay. classes. They'll have one for Star Wars, one for Star Trek, and one sort of general. Or, or I think they had one for uh, the uh, Japanese robots, too. Hmm. And then one for general. So you'll see the, the, the Gundam stuff, and you'll see Star Wars, Star Trek, and, and random things. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you people would be kind of into that science fiction-y stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's a great thing, even if you're uh, not a plastic modeler, it's some beautiful stuff. You go and you see these guys. One guy had a uh, a Japanese twin-engine World War II plane, a Key 45, and it was nice. It op- the, all the engine panels were open, and he had uh, uh, bits and pieces around it, like a maintenance and tarp. It was really well done. It was big, too. Yeah, those uh, things are fun to look at. I remember even at the AMA Expo out in California, I think they might have been RC vehicles, but they had some dioramas set up. With, yeah. 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 There's a lot of cool stuff. There's some nice dioramas. They'll have um, stuff with a lot of things. A lot of times now you're seeing stuff with lights and effects on them. The, the propellers mm-hmm. are spin. They'll have lights in them. They'll. Uh, what oh, I've seen a trend lately where somebody figured out a cool way to do uh, fire and smoke, where I guess they use cotton balls with LEDs inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've seen stuff that was like airplanes getting blown apart or the space shuttle launching, and the effect is really good. Yeah, you'll see that there. Yeah, that's that's the new thing. They'll put lights inside of them and really make the thing pop. Huh. Have you done any of that yet? Uh, not the cotton ball stuff, but I put lights in some of my models and have future plans of putting some more lights in them for other stuff. All right. Well, call me when you upgrade to cotton balls. <laughs> I want to see Okay. It. Uh, well, I think that's it for me. Um, I've been playing with... Uh, my uh, local creator space has a new 3D printer, and it's a resin printer. And so I've been playing with that. I printed out something for one of my... We'll get to it later. Uh, Lee and I went to a swap meet. And I picked up something, and I found a file to 3D print something for that something, and it looks really nice. So um, these these resin printers are really, really nice. Uh, you don't get the lines like you do in the, the normal plastic filament printers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been kind of playing around with that a little bit. And for, I actually currently have something printing now, but I have to pick it up tomorrow because it takes it's really slow. Oh, you can do that? You can just start it and leave? Oh, yeah. The- Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can start leave for you know it'll stay okay for a while. Uh so having fun with that. I think now the only thing is it's not as cheap as the old the plastic three D printer, so I gotta be careful what I print. I can't go too wild. Right. Or I'll end up racking up quite a bit of cost in a short period of time. Uh, I think that's it that's it for me. I can't think of anything else. At least I thought I had something else, but I can't remember, so that's it. <laughs> Well, how about we take a quick break, let people refill their drinks, because I know I need a refill, and then we'll uh, talk about the swap meet. Okay. So we mentioned in the previous podcast that Fitz and I went to the Georgetown Swap Meet out in Georgetown, Texas, just north of Austin and Round Rock. We had a, well, I was shuttling again. I was the chauffeur, but we, <laughs> we, we, we had a buddy go with us, Kirk Jensen, our good friend who had been hosting Best, Best Electrics in South Texas in New Waverly every year. Uh, he 
called me and said, hey, I got some stuff to sell. Can I join you guys? And I said, more the merrier. So uh, Fitz spent the night Friday night and Kirk showed up right on time. What a great guy. <laughs> showed up right on time. He had a lot of stuff. I was I thought he had a, like a couple of things, but he had a, a lot of cool stuff. And we uh, hit the road, drove all the way to Georgetown. It was a great, it was a nice trip. The nice weather. Yeah. Um, and then I'll let you go, Fitz, because you were selling more stuff than I. I was just more coming for the ride and taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, I was actually really happy. I ended up selling, I think, everything I brought. Not that uh-huh. I brought a lot, but I brought a couple of kits and a couple of planes. Um, stuff that I actually had been trying to sell for a while and nobody seemed to be interested locally. But I found some buyers uh, there for some of the stuff. Uh, even the last, I had one last remnants that I was just going to throw into the auction. And as I was walking up to the auction, I think it was, uh, t- our buddy Tom Blanken, he asked me, Hey, well, what do you want for that? And I told him a number and another guy goes, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, uh, uh, and Tom, Tom graciously said, ah, it's okay. I wasn't married to it. I was just curious what he wanted for it. And so I sold it to the other guy. The other guy was really happy, uh, cause he got a really good steal on it. Uh, and he ended up reciprocating because he was going to, he was throwing up in an auction, a couple of, um, uh, glow drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I wanted a, a, some glow drivers because the one I have is only good for like 30 seconds or so. The battery's almost, is pretty bad. Oh, it's a uh, built-in battery? <clears throat> yeah, it's got a built-in battery. And the one he was selling had a meter and there were replaceable batteries. Okay. Uh, and so he basically almost just gave them to me. He says, hey, you gave me such a great deal on this plane. You can just take these. Uh, cool. So that was, that was really nice of him. Uh, so I was, was really happy. I picked up, I was able to sell everything I had. Although, damn it, our friend Tom Blinken, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I came home with a plane. That w- and, yeah. And not a little one. <laughs> No. <laughs> he, he Tell had, our listeners what you won, Fitz. I got one of those free wing um, Eurofighter 2000 EDF, uh, one of the older ones, uh, okay. with the thrust vectoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dual, dual thrust yeah. vectoring. Dual thrust vectoring. And it's, okay. a, and it's a canard, so I couldn't pass that up for. Yeah, sure. You almost gave it to me for the pricing. Now. Wanted. Was I correct? Well, am I correct? Was that one of Graben's jets, and then maybe he upgraded the EDF? Yes, he said it was Graben. I don't think he upgraded the EDF. Um, well, it's definitely it's not stock. Is not? I don't think I don't so. Think that I... looks like a that looked like a bigger motor. It could be. It's a ninety millimeter fan setup. If I remember correctly. Can't remember, but uh, it, it is. It needs some uh, TLC. I, I got to fix one of the landing gears. And, uh, but other than that. Um, it's, it looks like it's okay. Just some, just once over with it. You said it flies really nice. I saw some videos I looked up and it seemed to fly really, really well. Um, so, uh, I had to take that home with me. But, uh, that is the jet I was <laughs> printing apart for. Uh, I found a, a nicer looking exhaust, uh, tail fin. What do you want to call those thing? Tail feathers? Turkey feathers? Turkey feathers. Uh, somebody had on a thing of a really nice looking that just slides onto the other ones because they're kind of cheesy looking. And so those are the ones I was printing up in resin. I printed one out already and it looks really nice. Hmm. Uh, so I, I haven't flown it yet. I got to fix it up and stuff, but I'm going to have to go on the back burner until I finish the Hellcat. Okay. And, so, yeah. Well, let me interject here. For those who are new to the show, uh, Lee called this a Graben plane. And he's talking about oh, yeah. our friend David Graben, who uh, has passed away, but he was a ubiquitous modeler who oh, yeah. had tons and tons and tons of airplanes. And when he passed, there was a huge sale. And now his estate is scattered across, I would I was going to say the great state of Texas, but now I, I think his stuff ended up in all corners of the country. Yeah, he was he was aviation hard. He was Colonel Graben, if I remember correctly, right? He, yeah, I, I believe flew, so, yeah. He flew fighter planes for, in real life yeah. for a while in yeah. his own air. Well, he lived on an airport. He, he, I think he owned it, right? He owned his own fly-in community. I want to say he began that community. So he was the landlord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a thud driver in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Great guy. Actually, we miss him. And his memory lives on in all these airplanes. And Ten feet behind me is the Pilatus Porter that I got at the Estancia. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I went through Tom and to me, so carry on his legacy. Uh, Well, and here we go. Here's that full circle. So from me to Richard, (laughs) Richard Ng, he he bought a Park Zone wing (laughs) from me, a spare wing I had. (laughs) I brought some extra parts with me. And I think, I'm I'm not sure, I think that may have been the only thing I sold was to Richard. (laughs) (laughs) We were looking. I bought some little knickknacks. I found uh, somebody was selling a set of wheel brakes for really cheap. Uh, right. one of planes and we, oh, like the Dubro brakes or electric ones? Or? They're electric ones, yeah. So okay, whatever, no name out of China. And uh, I think I bought a couple of things from Kirk. As a matter of fact, he had a couple of neat things I got from him. Same here. Uh, Before you got to the meet, or no, we'll get there. I think. <laughs> okay. Well, it I, it's funny that Kirk brought all that stuff because I did end up getting things from Kirk too. We could have just done the sale in the car on the way there and just turned <laughs> yeah, around. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Could have done it all at Lee's house. Save the house. Well, he said, uh, well, he, when he told me he wanted to go with us, I figured he'd just you know, join our, our fun ride to, to Georgetown. But he had quite a bit of stuff and I thought it was just two planes, but he had several bags of servos and motors and yeah. I ended up buying some servos from him to do the Mambo and finish my uh, Kyosho Spacewalker. Mm-hmm. And just near the end of the show, when they were doing the auction, he had a quad racer that looked brand new. I don't think he'd ever flown it. And he was hoping to sell it. But he, he started thinking about taking it to the auction. I said, well, how much do you want for it? And I made him an offer. And he he accepted it. And I, I gave that to Austin. But that's another whole episode. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> And in fact, I hold on. Talk I've got a tally here. How many multi rotors is that you own now, Lee? Uh, that's not mine. <laughs> it's Austin's. <laughs> see, tell it to the judge. Man. <laughs> well, after you see it all in pieces in his room, it's his. <laughs> so it's just. But speaking of pieces, uh, kind of going back, like Fitz did earlier in the show, um, Fitz has actually offered to print three D print some parts that Austin wants for it. So thanks, mm. Fitz. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> So I got that from Kirk, but then I thought the the funniest part was he was just grabbing things from his bags for the auction. He grabbed these two motors. He picked up one of the new CZ Cubs and changed out the motor. And I fully agree with that. He he changed out the stock BL50 and put a 60 size motor in his cub, which is what I did. And he was going to walk that bad boy to the auction. I was like, I'll make him an offer. Well, I was like, uh, uh, I'll let him see if he can get a better price. So when he made the offer, it was 10 bucks. I was like, about to raise my hand. Then Tom raised his hand for 10 bucks. And I'm like, well, I'm going to pay Kurt more than 10. So I went 15 and Tom gave me the, this evil eye. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to give him more than $10. And then Tom went to 20. I said, all right, that's about, that's okay. <laughs> so Tom got a great deal on a brand new brushless motor. But I, funny, the best part, though, the part that made me laugh so hard is Kurt came down, handed him the motor. He leaned over to me and said, hey, Lee, our plan worked. <laughs> what was your cut for being his show? <laughs> I laughed so hard, but it wasn't intentional, but it was great. And, you know, that's the fun and, and, you know, happy times you have at a swap meet. I picked up just a few things, nothing that I intended, or at least I was hoping to get there that I pick up. But walking around, you see a whole variety of, of items and yeah. doodads well, and thingamajigs. Isn't that the fun part? Because you don't know what you're going to find at a swap meet. So you don't, you might go hoping you find a certain thing. But mm. for me, it's always the the excitement of the mystery of what's going to be there and what's going mm. to catch your attention. Oh, exactly. And in fact, I think the guy that sold you that glow driver fits, I believe it was the same guy, was the one who I bought the DLE 20 from. Oh, really? So when I first got there and I saw he and his wife sitting there, I had a nice conversation about, you know, the DLE 20, how I got it running, how well it was running. And we, we just started talking about planes for a while. So oh, yeah. just... he was like, I listened to the show. What took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think in general, the swap meet went pretty well. I think it was, it had a, I think it was almost full. All the tables were occupied. Good. For good. the most part. Well, and I'm... today when I went to pick up my otter at Randy's, Terry Foote, who was there, and he also had a table, he was mentioning he he did really well. All right. Oh, that's right, yeah. So uh, I think the the despite the issues they had a couple of years ago, I think they're back to full 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 swing of things. So no tax dudes? No tax dudes. All right. They're, they're, no. There's full inside, there's people outside selling as well in the parking lot, so... 
were the vultures lining the entrance door, scanning all your stuff as you walked in? <laughs> no. Kind of like Weatherford. They opened early because <laughs> we got right. there before their official opening time and they were already letting people in. I asked a guy and he goes, yeah, they're here. We just let them in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember as we were loading our stuff at Weatherford, all those guys were sitting out there, hey, kid. <laughs> that was great. And they were like leaning over going, what, what you got in there? What's, what's in there? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that happen. People walking in and they get, they they sell stuff just before they walk in the front door because people just Yeah, I had a few things them. that never made it. Yeah. yeah. Some I think, parking lot sales. I think I heard that Weatherford, they moved to a different location. Okay. From where we were. Uh, another school or something like that, but. So, yeah, that's funny. Well, I'm looking up here. I just pulled it up. The Weatherford swap meet is March 20th hmm. and 21st. Yeah. Depending on our availability fits, maybe we'll have another fun time at a swap meet. And the address is 2121 Bethel Road, Weatherford, Texas. I'm not sure if that's the school again, but, you know, go look it up, guys. It's I found it on the AMA event page, so... Hmm. That's a that's a good one. Wham's annual swap meet and auction is what they call it. Yeah, oh, that's right. Mm. They have the auction in. Yeah, the Weatherford's a couple of days. I used to when I lived up there. I always went to the Weatherford. I found some lots of good deals at Weatherford. Now, isn't I, there going to be a swap meet in Houston? Am I yeah. making that up? Scobie one's coming up, right? Didn't you just leave? Just find an announcement for that. That is absolutely correct, guys. Woo-hoo, you what read, do I win? You read my mind. So the. Well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hoping this is foreshadowing, so, and I'm not wrong in the next, you know, episode. Uh, Bayou City has their swap meet, and it's just, it was recently uh, published for March 14th at Scobie Field in Katy, Texas. And this is the one that we've talked about earlier that Fitz and I are hoping to do the 100th-ish fun fly for RC Roundtable at the same event. And I've sent my email out. I'm looking forward to a reply. But if it's if it's good and if we can do it, I will start sending out tons of notices and photos and alerts and blah, blah, blah to get you guys to come out there and join us and have fun. Yeah, we need a, a yeah. sign that says 100-ish. Yes. 100th-ish. 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 So what was the date again for that? They have it scheduled for March 14th. That should be good weather in Houston. Yeah, uh, yeah. They should cross your fingers. So, not not official. Don't don't put it on your calendar for the the RC roundtable fun fly at this just thing, whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> put it on your calendar. Just write it in pencil or chalk. but but speaking of swap meets, this is a parking lot swap meet, and it is a lot of fun. Yeah, and they have good stuff there. Last time we went, and Fitz, you took the picture. I found a glider that I sold at best. <laughs> yeah. Someone was selling it. And Fitz took a picture with me and my old glider. I didn't buy it. <laughs> but it was fun to see old stuff there. And I know that I missed out on a couple of deals. I could walk past and said, well, I'll think about it. And then I went, okay, I'll go get it. And it was gone. Yeah. So when you make that decision, when you think about it, make the deal right away. Because I do regret not picking up some items earlier. Mm. Hmm. All right, I have questions, or maybe it's just one question. <laughs> you guys said that the attendance at Georgetown was pretty good. Did you run into anyone who said, the writing's on the wall, I'm getting out while I still can? <clears throat> Is this thing on? <laughs> I don't recall that. Okay, so it was just a normal swap meet with people getting rid of old projects and picking up new ones. Yeah. No no fire sales. It was buying and selling, yeah. Not that I could okay. tell. You Good. leave. I'm going to be very, very, very vague on my next <laughs> comment. But there was this guy who was buying a lot of tables out at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. And yeah. let's just say his trailer was full when it was over. Yeah. Now, was he getting these because people were getting out of the hobby? Ah, uh, no. He was getting these because people said to themselves, I don't want to drag this crap home. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I need room for the stuff I just bought. That's a normal <laughs> strategy. So the answer to your question is no, I did not feel like people were saying, here, I'll just take five bucks for everything I got here. No. I just saw that this one guy was making some incredible deals and... You know, good for the people who you know, were able to, you know, empty their yeah. trucks and vehicles and make room right. for new stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. And good, because that fits with my perceived situation of things. And I don't want to steer us into an FAA chat, but I feel like there's more people saying, I'm going to fly, I'm going to keep flying no matter what, rather than, nah, forget it, I'm getting out. So... Mm. There is an injustice going on, no, and nope. we must Say, fight stop, it. Stop. Oh. What's it called? Civil <laughs> disobedience? Yeah. I demand justice. <laughs> no? No justice, no, no are peace. You, are you going to cut me off? No, no, go ahead. Have your minute. Those damn drones. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't go there. Ah. <sighs> But I do want to say something. I will. Oh, I, do, I will say. I will share something. No, and you can. <laughs> Fitz can edit. Me Shove out. the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> Go ahead. What's on your? Brain? I am. I am happy to see several groups, be it large corporations or be it uh, people getting together to talk about the FAA remote ID and PRM. You mean like the Commercial Drone Alliance? That group? No. Oh. See you. You're making fun of me now. Now you stop I'm it. I'm poking the bear. I'm sorry. You you saying commercial journal lines is what make my blood pressure gonna you know piss off my uh, cardiologist. No, <laughs> there are people fighting the good fight to defend the hobby, and I'm seeing more and more of it. We definitely do not have enough people commenting on the NPRM. The number is way too low. That number should be near the fifty thousand. Now that being said, I have not written my comment yet for good reason right. because I'm putting my thoughts together. I'm working hard to make sure it's focused and it's what the, unfortunately, was it regulations.gov? Yeah. If I don't know which department's reading the comments, but what they want are, what do you have the problem with and what's the solution? I want to provide that. It's different than giving someone a speech about the problem. I want to say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is why it's wrong. Here's what you should be doing. And yeah. so I can share with our listeners We've done one of these think tanks. We've gathered some of our friends to talk. I'm not going to tell you who it is or when it was and all that jazz, but all I can tell you is that we're also working, just like you should. You should be going to your club meetings and having that discussion and put together ideas. Something can be done. I, in my heart, feel we're not done yet. And not to brag, but when we say we pulled together a few friends... This is a pretty impressive group of people we've gathered here. Well, see, that's me tooting our own horn. And I just was afraid, you know. (laughs) No, I'm saying it. Uh, Okay, so, okay. Well, As we were having that chat, I'm like, wow, this is like some (laughs) top tier stuff here. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like, I, okay, I fully respect everyone that we've invited to the show to talk to us. We had just a fun conversation it's not something we're going to put on our podcast but it's something we're going to come up with some material to share with our listeners and put on our facebook page and and push to those other group pages on facebook for other hobby shops and clubs and just you know themed ideas like who likes to build fossil planes uh i do and we want to help you guys out just like we want to help ourselves and i asked this group together because i needed help i I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big public speaker. I do talk on a podcast, but I don't write poetry or, or books or anything. So I'm really struggling to find those exact words. And I'll tell you, talking with other people has really helped me out. So I'm I'm hoping that soon within the next week we'll be able to provide you guys with some helpful thoughts. And I will tell you, I'm gonna continue sharing any link that I find, either it's on YouTube or someone who's shared it on a Facebook page for you guys to please read and help you generate the right ideas for the comments. We have to get that number past 50,000 by March 2nd. I'd like to see it hit the number 200,000 mark, which is the number of members we have in the AMA. It it should be that or even higher. Who, who is with me? One million. Do I hear two million? Anybody? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, when you factor in not only AMA members, but flight test fans and you know all we are bigger than we seem so there's no reason we can't hit those numbers and i i respect that people are are some people have given up i understand that but you know what just because you've given up doesn't mean you can't leave a comment you can't just point out that it is wrong to burden a hobby you know, talk about the pros if you have to about a remote ID for commercial, but then talk about the negative impact it's going to cause. And I think uh, I'll share this one. One of the best conversation pieces we had for the longest time 
was getting the youth into aerospace and aviation industries. By taking the hobby away from them, they may not have the desire to seek a career in those fields. And that is a tragedy. And I think that's one of the most negative impacts that you can read in the NPRM. So that's definitely going to be one of our top five lists of this is what you need to protect. Protect these youth so that they can get into this hobby without restrictions. Right. And what was our informal assessment that of the people in our little group, 80% could attribute their current careers to model aviation in their exactly. youth? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 80%. And part of me is like, okay, yes, I'm not in aerospace or aviation, but you know what? I photograph the stuff, so I think the number should be 90. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it. Anything and, you want to add, Fitz? Oh, sorry. No, oh. I was just going to add that I agree with you, Lee, um, that I think the numbers are kind of low right now because this is such a complex subject. It, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around all the different facets. And to it, it, not only is it complex, the proposal is just so asinine. It's hard to, it's hard to form a response to a nonsensical argument, if that makes any sense. We so, have idiots who've written the NPRM. Just saying. Uh, Sorry. Uninformed. I mean, call them idiots or imbeciles, whatever. Uh, the end result is the same. The The stuff they're proposing just doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't fit in the framework of era modeling as it's existed for the past however many years, decades. So, yeah, it's just hard to, to take what they've said and mold it into something that makes sense with what we actually do. So I think a lot of people are having trouble with that, and that's why we want to help. So in summary, it's not over till it's over. We're working with very like-minded, smart, brainy people to help you guys come up with some words. And again, let's keep fighting the good fight. And Fitz, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I had nothing to add. I like pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like glue. <laughs> All right, what now? I didn't mean to, to open that can of worms, but it probably helps to say it every now and then. we got to keep it on the radar. <laughs> that can of worms is so smelly. Oh, ain't it? <laughs> but yes, I'm glad we did. I, I want everybody to know we're still, we're still hoping to find it. In fact, just I listened to three podcasts today. Two were RC-related, and one was actually drone-related. Okay. And it was a commercial-type <laughs> thing. And dun, I'll dun, tell you, dun. it's... You, you, you know, what's, who, what's, I don't know who actually said it, but you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And just listening to these people, these corporations, these people who are being interviewed about the, the, necessi- the necessity, the necessity of the remote ID and the, I don't know, the expansion of drone type stuff. There were several aspects of their conversations that were great that I was like nodding and agreeing. They were talking about people who do photo and video. They were talking about um, firemen and search and rescue and stuff. So I did, I I certainly approve of that, but there just seems to be a huge gap in in logic between what you should apply to commercial type drone devices and someone who wants to fly a little twin otter. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a little foam twin otter. This one to go fly. It's just a little plane. Denied. Next. <laughs> Here, can you put this six-pound ADSB transponder in your plane? <laughs> oh, I liked. I liked one uh, podcast I heard made it very clear. It said the problem with ADSB putting in all these millions of drones is that a pilot would be flying and their whole screen would be dots. <laughs> right? just, it would just be a mess of dots. And it goes, how do you avoid dots? <laughs> it's just like, there's no way. So obviously ADSB was not a solution, but no, he was they, laughing. They specifically say that the ADSB is not going to be used. They, right. Oh, I understand. But I mean, it was just funny yeah. to say that because, you know, there's this. So you're really only talking about tracking versus identifying you know like following uh, meaning they're just using it to find out who you know i see that what is it and i have i'm a yeah, law enforcement it really has nothing to do with if you're an airplane there's no this nprm has no facilities to notify anybody flying in a full-size airplane yeah so so that's where i mean guys we're kind of sharing stuff but i hope you don't mind i'll cut me off if i'm going too far but that's one of the problems with them saying it's a safety and risk assessment uh, safety and risk assessment because they're would be no 
safety for pilots who are flying on ADS-B with drone pilots flying something on the internet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're still, everything better be visual where you can see where you're flying and not running into things. But yeah, no sense. Mm. Right. That's why we're all rogues. You know what? That's easy to classify us. Yeah. One last thing. I actually um, came across a um, commercial airline pilot. Uh, I had a chance to talk with him a little bit. And one thing I brought up is, hey, are you guys really concerned about quote unquote drones, model airplanes, that kind of stuff? And he goes, no, not really. That's we're really not concerned about that. What he said was the biggest problem for full size pilots: laser beams, people with those laser pens, and that kind of stuff. He says we get hit all the time with some nitwit pointing a laser pen at us. Yeah, I've and heard the same thing a lot. Apparently, and that's apparently what they need is remote ID on laser pens. anyways yeah if we could just (laughs) if we could just put remote ids on all the imbeciles (laughs) just not enough of the world (laughs) tattoo you when you're born (laughs) no can we just put it where the sun don't shine (laughs) that guy's walking funny i bet he has a remote id on him (laughs) yeah there's a nitwit right there (laughs) see law enforcement can scan him and say yep you're an imbecile (laughs) you're up to no good son Anyway, or, or they just tag you from the beginning, like "Welcome to the RC Roundtable." Hi, I am careless, and I'm dumbass. I'm clueless. <laughs> I'm criminal. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, never mind. So oh, that didn't I land, did it? It <laughs> didn't land. Uh. <laughs> All right, what's next? What do we have? I don't know. Happy anything, fun time. Any last any last minute thoughts? We're into this show for quite some time, and we don't want to put them all to sleep right. oh i've got a thing oh let's hear a thing i doubt they do this down where you guys are in the deep south but up here in the great white north we have a thing in the winter where a lot of clubs do winter builds like projects where lots of pilots in the same club build the same model yeah during you, the winter. i bet you use your fancy basements too to do that yeah right we do and uh you have to push the snowmobile out of the way but yeah hmm. So I just got word from my pal Jeffrey Schlimmer, and I met Jeffrey several years ago because he built one of my Parallax models back when the Parallax was a new thing, and Uh his was really nice looking. He did a great job with it. So he let me know that his club out in Washington State is doing a winter build, and they are actually doing a design of mine. I'm going to let you guys guess which design it is. Parallax? I've published three model airplane designs. The Waco. I'm waiting to hear the keyboard ticking. That's all I know. Thunder and Lightning. (laughs) Yeah, I stole it. Put my name on it. See, I plugged. See, I put my plug right there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll uh, I'll, uh, relieve the tension. It is the New Moon EDF. Oh, I Fitz remember know because that. he was there for the maiden flight of mine. Yeah. So this was really... an airplane I designed back in uh, 2011. And at the time, I was doing a lot of writing for Fly RC Magazine. And Thayer Syme, our buddy, was editor at the time. And he called me up one day and said, we're doing a special jet issue. So if you've got any EDF ideas bouncing around in your head, drop the plans and you know, we'll throw it in the issue. So I didn't actually have any designs already in my head, but I came up with one. And at the time in the full-scale world, the personal jets were kind of becoming a thing. What do they call them? Sport no, jets? No, they were called, um, oh, they were supposed to be inexpensive. Um, yeah, like personal jets, single engine, yeah, like four passenger. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the Econ- jet equivalent of a Cessna 172. Like an Econo or, jet or something Cherokee. like that? Yeah. Light sport jet. Light sport jet. LSJ. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. So from what I can tell, they never really took off, no pun intended. No. But uh, the idea I had was you take uh, the Mooney platform and you turn it into a light sport jet derivative. So basically it's uh, the classic Mooney design shapes. With the backward with the tail. Yeah. So yeah. yours so is a V-tail, right, wasn't it? it? Yeah, I made mine a V-tail. 
So it's got a straight wings and uh, the straight leading edge on the tail with the tapered trailing edge. And uh, it's very you know, boxy, but uh, simple to make out of sheet foam and all that. And I think the wings, I had hot wire cut by a guy. But it used the Great Plains Hyperflow fan, which was pretty popular at the time. Uh, so anyway, I made it. It was published, I think, in the uh, 2011 issue, the that EDF special issue of FlyRC. And yeah, I think a few people built them, but I never heard much about it. But that was the plan that Jeff decided to present for his club. And it sounds like they accepted it. And there's going to be eight of them being built over the winter, not including Jeff's. And they're upscaling it to use a 70 millimeter EDF. So I I haven't done the percentages, but it's a, a significant upgrade. I think the new wingspan is about 40 inches. And uh, Jeff let me know that he built his prototype, and it, the maiden went well, so I'm happy about that. Same similar construction with uh, was it Depron or what did you use for your? For the fuselage, I used the what is it five eighths inch the Home Depot blue foam. Oh, okay. And then the tail feathers and ailerons were Depron, and then like I said, the wings were hot cut. But you can't get uh, Depron Home anymore, Depot. right? Do they use something else? Um, I don't know what to use, but you can still get model plane foam or oh, okay. delaminated foam board. There's options. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> well, perp- like you pull the paper off foam board. Oh, okay. <laughs> Purposely delaminated. Yeah. Mm. So, anyway, I'm following along and uh, I'm excited by it and I'm flattered that they chose my design. And so, yeah, I mm. thought I'd share that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, man. Good work, Smithers. I feel Good special. Yeah, and I say- don't have my original anymore. I had the original prototype that I used for the article and the plans, and then I started building another that I never quite finished. It's still at about the 50% point. So I may get inspired to finish that, or I may get inspired to do the upscaled one here. But it was a fun model. because it was Those Hyperflow fans did really well on four cells, and that's what I originally flew this with. And then one day I put a three cell in it and saved a few ounces and it became just a really lightweight kind of small field flyer that was still pretty fast, but, uh, it was lots of fun. It would do great knife edge passes and these really cool tumbles. You'd be going along really fast and put it into an inverted snap roll and oh, yeah, that's right. start yeah. tumbling and then just stop in midair and then fall out into a spin and you could recover. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a very aerobatic little jet. And it would uh, slide on the belly for takeoffs where you could hand launch it. Just, yeah, I was happy with it. Mm. And Fitz was there for the maiden flight. Thanks, Fitz. Yeah, Yeah, I threw it for you. I've got a picture of you throwing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell them to send us photos of the build so we can post them. Yeah, I've already been begging for updates. Eight of them, huh? They're going to fly them all at the same time? Uh, (laughs) I have no idea. Maybe. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so what's the club? This is the Marymore RC Club hmm. up in uh, Washington that, State and Redmond, Washington. That'll be a great sound. <laughs> oh, eight time. EDFs? Yeah, yeah have, them, have them run them all up at the same time first. <laughs> well, the new 70 mils with the high blades, if they're using those, they're pretty sedate. Not like those old yeah. five-blade fan units that were like banshees. Yeah, but, but we're talking more than what? How many did you say? Eight. eight? Or nine <laughs> if you include Jeff's. Well, there you go. <laughs> that should be good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I don't care what it sounds like. I'm still excited by it. <laughs> well, I think, I don't know if I had, well, I think I told you guys, uh, but several years ago, once the Thunder Lightning had been out for a while, a group in Canada had sent me a photo where there were like, I don't know, 12 guys with Thunder and Lightnings and they used them for dogfight. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. So there's a picture of them all lined up with the thunder and lightnings, and they were <laughs> they were all different. Yes. <laughs> so I'll just so say good. that. But that was a good feeling. That was really neat. So yeah, it's always fun when somebody takes one of your designs and, and flies with it and is happy with it. So yeah. Well, then let's end on that happy, wonderful note. That sounds so cool. And let's just make sure we keep updating and find out when the video comes out. The video. Well, hopefully they'll videotape this wonderful thing when it happens so okay or maybe you'll fly out there and video it for us yeah there you go oh okay Road trip. <laughs> no problem <laughs> all right well i'm done my drink's empty i'm kind of hungry i want to go eat so 
I think they've had enough of us. That's our 100th episode, guys. Really? <laughs> and all its glory. That's the best we've got, huh? <laughs> we we gave our 100th a while back. This, this is, <laughs> yeah, We're 100th out. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome can... to Triple Digits. Thanks for staying with us. Yep. And hopefully here's to another 100 more. Oh, I'm raising gosh. my glass. I'm raising my glass. <laughs> Cheers. Same here. Cheers. Clank. Uh, okay, on that note, while we all step out in a drunken stupor, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.